hosts Subi and Leland. Did you know the most productive day of the work week is Tuesday? Welcome back to FBA Profits. I'm Leland. I'm Zuby. So if you've jumped into this podcast without listening to the how to do keep a part two, it might not completely make sense. Or maybe you're just focused on wanting to look at review counts and BSR volatility, which is great too. So this is a continuation. This is part three of working with uh, Keepa, an extension we love, and we're just going to jump right into it. So before Zuby, we talked about five items or uh, five key factors, as you so deftly put it, on using these Keepa charts that are available when you're doing FBA. And uh, just to recap, we had the baseline sales. You wanted to see what the minimum a product was selling as. And uh, we looked at the volatility of sales. So that was really how the triangles and the squares were moving up and down along the graph. You like volatility when you look at that because it indicates competition and opportunity for you. And then we were also looking at the new offer count because that was important to see if people were running out. And you would see that in being other sellers disappearing from the number of offers that were available. That's just a really quick recap, but we're gonna look at two things today. One is going to be looking at review counts specifically as, as a number, and then also the new offer count. Uh, and I think in a previous uh, podcast, we had talked about trying to use some numbers to indicate uh, what was available, right? Because ultimately, from the previous podcast, you've made the decision on our, what is this, an eyeliner, and look in, look in the description if you don't, if you, if you continued before, this is a repeat, skip 15 seconds. But this is a, an eyeliner product. The BSR is in the description. But we've already determined, hey, this is an opportunity. And we can do a test batch. We can like, I'm going to order 10. I'm going to order 20. Whatever it is to put it into the system to see how it works for you. Or you might be more adventurous or you have a budget. You're saying, I've already allocated this much for this week, this day, whatever your buying period is. I need to figure out what's the maximum amount that I want to buy of this. And that's where we lead into this podcast. I hope, I hope I've done a good job on that. that that's a great intro. Don't, the only, um, only thing I think uh, you mis misspoke was it's review count and we're going to be talking about sales rank, not new offer count. I swapped them. Oh, yes. My bad. Thank you. Um, all right. So we'll jump right in. Um, and the, the BSRs, you already said it's on the description. So, we're going to be um, looking at um, at the BSR first, um, and I'm, you know I'll, I'll, we'll open the graph for the full 345 days um, from the beginning of time, which was June 19th, I believe, until May 30th, which is when we're doing this recording, and um, just looking at the BSR on the top chart. In the last episode, we talked about how volatility is something that I like and I consider good when it comes to uh, the sales graph and sales data above the baseline. Uh, we want to see that volatility. We want to see uh, movement of the, of the price um, above what that baseline number is as long as we're okay with the baseline. With the BSR, volatility is not necessarily good. Uh, we are now shifting uh, and you want to see a BSR that is as flat as possible, 
and as low as possible. Um, so, which is, which is, you know, if, if you're looking at a rank uh, up to 100 BSR, it's just going to be a straight line, most likely. But when you get up into the thousands or, or tens of thousands, and then this one's, I think, 65,000 BSR, in the beauty category, which has about 3.4 million um, uh, products in it, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a top 1%, but there's going to be some volatility in BSR. So let's talk about that just briefly. BSR tells us the rank of this is exact product versus the entire, all the products within this category that Amazon has selling at that time or during the, the time period. So out of 3.4 million products, this product is the 65,000th best seller. In other words, there's 64,000, whatever, 999 products that are selling more than this product. And then everything else is selling less than this product. So how does that help us? Well, generally speaking, um, you know, top 1% is an amazing number of the full category. So for newer uh, clients, for, for clients who are brand new Amazon sellers who um, are just starting out, we give them a rule of thumb of, you know, for the most part, if the BSR is under 100,000, it's a good product. Um, you don't want to go too high, especially if you're brand new, because there's a lot of nuances involved in trying to figure out the BSR. So let's just say, you know, 100,000 is going to be our cap. Um, we want it to be under 100,000. Um, you look at this BSR and you want to see that even though there's going to be this, you know, the graph is, is up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, and there's a lot of movement in it, the height of it should be at or near 100,000 or whatever our maximum BSR is. And then all the volatility under it is perfectly okay the lower the number uh, on the volatility, the better it's gonna be, but you don't want a product that you are considering purchasing to be 500,000 BSR, 50,000 BSR, 1.2 million BSR, 100,000 BSR, and it just going the, this, these huge ranges. Now, there are, there are those products that even though they're that volatile, there are still some great products out there. But that is sort of a, um, uh, you know, that, that for, from a beginner's perspective, that's not something you need to worry about because that requires a lot more detailed analysis to try to figure out why that's happening and whether it's, um, you know, it's worth purchasing that product. So for, for all intents and purposes of this episode, you have, you, you want to create a top for the, for that BSR graph. Um, in other words, for our, um, for our sales rank, uh, for our sales data, we had a baseline. What is the bottom number that we're comfortable with? And is the price of that product at or above that baseline? For the BSR, you want to have a top number. And is the BSR graph mostly under that top number? Whether it's 100,000, 150,000, 200,000. And again, each category has a different number of products. So that number changes per category, right? So uh, toys, uh, beauty, and, beauty and personal care has 3.4. I think toys has uh, 15 million. And then th there's another one that has uh, clothing has like 86 million. So the, the, the number changes, um, but whatever that number is for you, you want to 
just visually gauge the BSR to make sure that the, 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 the top and the bottom of it is within that number that you're looking for. And then all of this doesn't matter, right? But you don't want the high, the big jumps and the, and the big drops. Um, so that, that's just, you know, a very generic uh, overview of the BSR uh, calculation. And for this product specifically, you can see that it hit 100,000, maybe, you know, it, since its inception, it probably hit it uh, five, six times. But if you're looking at just the last three months, it has hit 100,000 BSR maybe once. Uh, yeah, on uh, March 17th, March 17th, it's only at, well, 99,000. 99,000, yeah. 99, but, but nothing the, over 100, yeah. And, and the rest of the time, I mean, it's, it's in the 20,000, 25,000, 50,000 range which is amazing. And so from our last episode, everything sort of worked out on those three checkboxes, right? The, the, the velocity or the variability of the, of the sales data was good. Our, our uh, baseline on the sales data was good. And the new offer count, the variability of it was good. So it passed, those, it passed the, that litmus test. And now from a BSR perspective, this is also a great product because it's under our number. If let's just say our number is a hundred thousand and it is, even though it's volatile, it's staying within that, that small band of 20,000 to a hundred thousand or 20,000 to 75,000 BSR throughout the three months or the eight months, nine months, whatever we're looking at. So, and the fourth checkbox or the fourth box has been checked off as far as whether we should purchase this or not. Now, the question is, how do we figure out how many sales there are? And on the episode one of this series, um, I had talked about the drops and, and Leland brought up a good point that maybe we didn't really explain it too clearly. Um, and so we're gonna talk about the drops. And if you see right underneath the graph, this tells you that there's 76 drops per month on average that this, um, this product has. And what, you know, they're, they're, the drops that keep accounts is the BSR drops. Every time there's a, there's a sale, the BSR drops, but then as long as it sells within that, that price range um, and it stays within that BSR, there's no other drops. But during that time, there could be tens or hundreds of sales going on. So um, drops do not always equal, or they, they don't necessarily ever equal sales. 76 drops is really good. There, there are uh, people who just look at the drops and determine whether or not they should purchase a, a product. But let's see if we can figure out on average how much this, uh, you know, how many units sell. And one of the best ways to come up with that number is the review count. Now, this is going to get a little bit technical. Uh, it's, it, it, math's involved, you know, basic math, but math's involved. But let's, let's just jump into it. And we're gonna use um, the March 1st through May 30th data. So zoom in on your uh, Keepa chart if uh, you haven't already. Um, and only have the review count highlighted um, on the bottom chart. So we're looking at on March 1st, there was um, 150 reviews. And when we come to May 30th, we see that there's 193 reviews. So basic math, 
during that three months, 193 minus 150, that means that there was 43 reviews that were given for this product. Now, it's common knowledge, I guess you could say that uh, on Amazon, generally speaking, about 1% of sales get a review. Um, the range is one to 5%, depending on who you ask. So we're just gonna use a 3% to be a little bit more conservative than the 1%. So let's say there's a 3%, uh, 3% of sales are getting reviews. So to do the math to figure out how many sales would get you 43 reviews is basically 43 divided by 3%, which is 0 0.03 that gives you an estimate of 1,433 units sold of this product during those three months. So if you divide it by three to get a monthly average, you're seeing that on average, uh, it's selling about 478 units per month. So um, first of all, you can see that 478 is a lot more than 76 drops. Yeah, there were 76 drops on average per month for this product, but we have just conservatively estimated 478 sales of this product based on the review count. Um, so you can see that there's, there's a huge discrepancy between drops and estimated sales. But then secondly, now we have a number to work with. Um, we're looking at 478 sales per month on average and if you now click on the new offer count, and we can see that there has been anywhere from, I think 22 is the most, and down to two as, or one as the least number of sellers on this. So you can actually calculate out at the worst case scenario, there's 22 sellers and you are sharing the buy box with all 22 of them. That is, that is not gonna happen, right? Most people, there are sellers that are gonna be much higher than you um, or they might be much lower than you, but let's just say that everything else is equal and you're um, sharing the buy box with all 22 sellers. That means that on a monthly basis, 478 divided by 22 sellers, you should be getting about 22 sales per month, right? You divide 478, which is the average sales, average units sold of this product by the 22 sellers you get 22 sales per seller. So now you have a, you have a low end number, right? At when 22, which is the highest number of offers that this product had in the last three months, if that happens again, you, and you can sell it at the, at the baseline price or at the buy box price, that's the lowest, uh, you will get on average 22 sales minimum. Now, that's the bottom range. If there's just one seller, that's just you. So that goes up, but let's just say there's three sellers, right? So 478 divided by three sellers, you can get 159 sales per month if there's only three sales, three sellers. Um, so let's just take the average of that, which, you know, which comes to 159 plus 22 divided by two is about 91. Now, you know, whether you use the 22 number, whether you use 159, whether you use 91 or any other number in between, you, for me, it gives me a sense of comfort and satisfaction knowing that 
if I purchase 20 units of this product to test it out, as soon as they get to Amazon, it, I, I should be able to sell it within a month if I can sell it at the, depending on where the buy box is at that time. But even if I can't sell it within a month, within two months, it should sell out uh, because it's the, the, the number of units sold on an average monthly basis is very high on this or it's high on this, not very high, depending on uh, you know, what, what you consider very high. But I, I can then send in 20, test it out, I see that it sells, it's sold in you know five weeks. Well, as soon as they start selling, I'm gonna put it in the flywheel. Um, and if you don't know what the flywheel is, it's just a, a term we came up with, with the process of um, selling, you know, order, prep and pack facility, FC transfer, inventory to, to, to be sold on Amazon. And it's that we call that the flywheel. Um, and it's our way to coach our clients to not go too deep on any one product where, you know, if you start selling something and then you go out and buy 500 of it or 200 units just because it's selling well and then somebody comes and undercuts you and you're stuck holding the bag on a lot of those. So anyways, you can then, you know, now you know, you sold, you send in 20, you have, you have sold 10 of them already and it's only been two weeks, place another order. That gets to the prep facility, the other 10 have sold, place another order. Prep facility sends it to FC uh, transfer. That order gets to, uh, print, uh, to prep facility, place another order. And you just continuously do that based on now, not just historical data that you've analyzed, but now real-time velocity data of your own account that you see, hey, I'm selling this on a regular basis. So let me just continue ordering this, especially if you have access to this product on a regular basis at a price that is, that, that's profitable. Yeah, and what you're just what you're describing, of course, is the uh, not only the flywheel, but trying to find a replenishable, which promotes even more success within the flywheel. But to take a step back, because this is a great example of you could probably buy, and it depends on your source, uh, much less than what you're going to end up selling. So you, the risk is very it, it's mitigated. Um, you're you're going to have a hard time getting you know 1,200 of these units. I would assume to then ship off to uh, Amazon so that you would flood it and you know hurt yourself in the long run. But let's just flip, and this would be a hypothetical. We don't have the graph for it, but let's say you did all this math and you know it was selling on average ten a month of whatever it was, or fifteen a month. Then you can start making decisions on is it even worth going after, uh, especially at this kind of price point. Do you really want to invest that little bit of a of your money into something that might only sell? depending on how many sellers, you know, 10 to 15 a month, do you want to compete in that space? And then you might say, okay, the, all of the other numbers made sense, but now I need to bail on this. Or you may decide, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to buy five of whatever it is for a different reason. The price points were higher than what we're talking about here. So five of them yields you more profit. I guess what I'm saying in short is this is a great example where not only, do, and of course we picked it on that for that reason, it's from our list, but all the, all the check boxes are hit for each of the five factors, but also your decision-making process on how many units to get even initially, or maybe to take higher risk and get more, more than likely you're not going to, what are you going to order? You know, 5,000 of these, probably not. So this is a good one to just jump into test. There's enough 
velocity. There's enough sales transactions that are happening with a small amount, but even a considerably larger amount, you're probably going to be safe. And we talked in the previous podcast of those three, three uh, month cycles where you might even sell a significant portion of your inventory at a much higher, much, much higher rate than your baseline, that minimum amount that it, it historically has been selling for. But there will be cases that you get to this, and I've seen these recently where you get to this last one and just the sales numbers don't support it, right? The number, the numbers of, uh, uh, that move each month tend to be much lower. And uh, maybe at a future podcast, we can show some of those. And much like I said last time, I don't know how much we want to focus on the negative, but it is something to think about like, hey, if those other four fit and you get to this point where there's just not enough selling each month, it's okay. Don't you know, pull the ripcord, you're done. You move on to the next one. Yeah. And it's also important that to, to always keep in mind that these are all estimates. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's our best guess. It's our best estimate. It's the, based on the data and information available. This is the best that, you know, is available for us to try to figure out. Amazon doesn't tell us exactly how many units are sold every single time. We have to, you know, sort of come around the side door and figure out uh, a, a guesstimate of what that is. And th this is something that industry-wide Amazon sellers are using. And that's what keep us so grateful. You know, uh, the BSR gives you a very clear picture of, hey, where in, in the grand scheme of things of that category is this one product? And then the review count gives you a much, uh, gives you a little bit more of a precise data as to, all right, so if we take into account the fact that only 1% of all sales get a review, well, then we can sort of make the calculations that we just went through. But that doesn't mean that all products are always going to get 1%. Some are getting 5%. Some get a lot more. You know, private label sellers who really push for reviews are getting a lot more than 1%. So it, it, it will always change. Um, but these are the, the first five ways and easy steps for us to use as sellers to use Keepa to make as educated of a guess as possible on whether something is a product that we want to add to our catalog. And like Leland said, you don't need to go deep on this right off the bat. Um, this is a product, you know, if four, if four uh, boxes are checked and this last box doesn't really make sense, don't, don't go 20 deep, don't go 50 deep, buy five uh, and test it out. Maybe there is some anomaly within that review count that is making it not really be reliable. So you buy five, you send it in, it sells in a day, now you know, hey, this is selling. There's there's turnover on this. The next time you can buy 10 or 20 and then just, and, and the more you get the feel for that product as you sell it, the more data you have, live data of your own account, the easier it's going to be to make buying decisions on them. Um, so, yeah. And this is definitely keep a focus, right? We're focused yeah. on keep a graphs, but and I think the baton has to be passed or there's a transition for you as a seller. If you did buy the product and it is part of your inventory, you need to then watch those numbers and start working with your own data because that's going to be far more reliable than these aggregate and sometimes like what we just did, which were estimates of the data. So I guess what I'm saying is this is a great start once you start working with your own sales and your own inventory, then more refinement can be had. And then your more reliable data, of course. Yeah. 
especially the longer you start you, you've been selling this so of course if you if you only sell it for a month you don't have nearly as much data as if you've sold this for a year and you see the seasonalities of it if there are seasonalities and you see the fluctuations um and and you know they might sell really well during the summer months because people like to put eyeliner on and go out <laughs> to the beach whereas during the winter you know they, they don't want to put eyeliner in for whatever reason whatever that might be but you you get a feel for the 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 product the more you sell it um, but for for this for our intents and purposes here we're talking about a new product that you're trying to make a decision on purchasing and these five things are are a very good way to make that decision uh, easier i think that wraps up at least this portion the third part of how to quote unquote keep up right and uh, go through that initial stages, initial process using this tool on uh, buying for your seller central account as, a, as an FBA. And uh, in the future, we might cover some more Keepa. They have some stuff online that you can get a deeper dive. But the how-to series will continue. We have some other stuff that's starting to uh, materialize and brew. And we're really excited about uh, not only the how-to series, but all the other tools that... Uh, we're, we're anxious to, uh, to share and explore with, uh, with our students. Yes. I'm looking forward to all of that. Okay. Anything else, Suvi? No, I think we're good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to FBA Profits. Visit us at our website, www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.